Welcome to Not The Way I Planned. I'm Carly Cash, and if you've ever found yourself thinking, this is not the way I thought my life would turn out, you've come to the right place. Each week we'll have inspiring interviews, plus tips and tricks to living your best life, even if it's not the life you planned. My guest today is Katie Davis. Katie is actually my cousin. And Katie, I remember our our two oldest are around the same age and we used to get together all the time. And we kind of said, oh, two, two kids is a lot. It's a handful, but your family has really evolved and you now have six kids, two of who were adopted. So thank you so much for being willing to share your story today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So Katie, when we used to hang out and we could kind of relate on having two kids, did you originally think I want to have a whole bunch of kids or how did that kind of come about? Happen? Well, I, I was thinking about this and I think that I didn't have, I didn't have that plan like all growing up or like kind of that vision yeah. um, of my life, like as a teenager or, or like even in college. But I think once I got married and we had our first baby, um, I just was like, wow, I, I mean, it was a handful, but there was also like part of me that was like, oh, I want a big family. I don't know. I just like, I think that's just always, I, I, I don't know. I think my, I had five kids in my family growing up and I was the oldest. And I think maybe that, that had a lot to do with it. I just always loved kids and I, I was an elementary education major and I just felt like I loved that feeling of having like a, a big family. I kind of like the craziness, you know, like yeah. I, I did, I don't, I do okay with that. Or I, I felt like I did okay with that at yeah. that point. And, um, and so I think we just felt excited to have, um, like six kids was kind of what I thought after we had those first two, like, I, I think that's kind of what I thought would be just a great size family. Mm-hmm. And for us. So <laughs> and, um, let's so yeah. kind of scale back a little bit for those who are listening that don't know you at all. I want to hear about yeah. how your family really started in the beginning. Can you go back to how you and Taylor met and your love story? Yeah. Yeah. So we met in college. Um, we, yeah, we both, we, we met each other our freshman year of college and then, um, we kind of dated other people. Um, especially me, I guess he went on a mission for the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I dated other people. And when he came home, we reconnected and, um, and got married, um, pretty soon after he got home. And then we, we had, um, we didn't, I don't remember talking about like how many kids we wanted to have or how soon we wanted to have kids Mm -hmm. before we got married, but maybe we did. And I just don't remember. I think, that once we got married, we, um, we were just, we just felt kind of ready for that. Um, even though I don't think we really were, <laughs> but we felt ready for that next step. I don't know if anyone and, truly like, is ready, ready for that. Be, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah. And you knew me then. I mean, it was, it is crazy. That stage of just little babies and that was really hard. Um, that was really hard, but, um, but yeah, we had, um, we had we had a little girl and then a little boy, another little boy, all pretty fast. Um, and then we had 
our fourth. And I think my oldest was in kindergarten when we had her. And so they were all really close together. And she, uh, when I was pregnant with her, um, I had some pretty scary, well, when I was, when I was pregnant with her, I had some complications and we weren't quite sure what, what was going on, but I was on bed rest for a lot of that pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, We kind of thought it was just a weird thing with just that pregnancy. And then after she was born, we realized um, that I continued having health problems. And, and so we kind of had a scary um, time where I was in the hospital and I had to have a surgery and it didn't go very well. And my doctor, um, it went okay, but um, she was thinking, you know, she was thinking that I would, she was thinking that I would probably do this surgery and recover and, and we would be able to have more children. And after the surgery, she was like, no, you, you cannot have more children. Um, And it was hard. And um, I think me and my husband had just kind of, we had kind of like pictured ourselves as we had gone along and having, we just didn't have a hard time, like having, getting pregnant or having kids for those first four. And we just thought, oh, we're just going to have a big family of six kids or eight kids or whatever. And then it was like, oh, I need to like, this isn't going to look the way I was thinking that it, it would. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but I did feel a little bit, I do feel a little like embarrassed to tell the story because, or like sheepish, I guess, because it feels like I know that so many people have a way harder time than that having, having kids or, you know, and, and I had four kids and I just didn't even feel like I could tell people like, I'm so sad. I want more kids. No, <laughs> I don't. I think everyone I has their own journey and their <laughs> yeah. own challenges and, and, it really makes you hyper aware of those issues of, you know, not being able to have kids when that happens to you, whether yeah. it, it it's in the beginning or four kids later, you probably can relate to people that struggle in that area more than you ever could before having gone through that. Yeah, that's so true. Every, every hard thing gives you kind of a picture into to other, you know, how that feels for other people. Right. So, so, yeah, so, so here you are and you, you can't have more kids and you want this big family did you immediately start thinking of adoption or how did that kind of play out? So I kind of felt like I, I, I mean, I thought, well, like, this is great. Like we have four kids. I think both of us kind of had some of those thoughts of just like, we were happy with what we had. Um, And then at the same time, I, I, we, we both kind of were like, well, what if we adopted, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like this idea that, it started and then I just could not get it out of my head and my heart I think like it was just um and I I don't feel like I ever like grew up thinking oh I hope I get to adopt a baby I I wasn't like I I I just had never really thought about it until then and so we that kind of seed was just planted like in my mind and it just like would not go away I I just kept on like thinking about it and researching it and trying to figure out like what options there were and, and I did most of that, but my husband Taylor was also like, he was on board with it, but I think I was really the one, you know, if I would have, if I wouldn't have done anything about it, I think it probably wouldn't have. It would have just kind of faded away. The one that was like obsessed with it. Yeah. And, um, I, anyway, I, I felt like just this pull towards it. And so I was like, I, I was, um, looking online and I went to a bunch of like classes and meetings and things that were 
to t- kind of learn more about different options. We've thought about foster care and, and went to those classes and we um, went and met with different adoption agencies for like infant adoption. And we uh, kind of came to this point where where it just felt really confusing. There was It felt like really open-ended, like there were so many ways it could go. Mm-hmm. And overwhelming, all the options and and then there's so many options at the same time. It feels like there's not that many options. I don't know. Right. Like sense, there's but. a lot of different ways you can go about it. But from what I've heard, it can be a really difficult journey yeah, getting a like, child, no matter what path you choose. Exactly. Like any way you go is going to be hard. And I think that's what we were starting to realize is this is going to be challenging kind of no matter what we pick, like mm-hmm. which, which way we pick. And so we um we started we kind of had like this discussion one night I remember and we were talking about I had just done foster care classes and we were talking about maybe going that route and we had just kind of come to this realization of I think adoption is going to bring some extra challenges to our family um that and extra blessings and what what do we feel like would be a good fit for our family as far as the the challenges that it, and, and blessings that it brings in. Mm-hmm. And I brought up to my husband, like, hey, what about a special needs adoption? Like, I, um, I grew up, I, I had a little bit of experience that I think helped me be open to that idea. Nothing that would like prepare you to be the parent of, of a child with special needs necessarily, but just I had had some experiences in, in my church group and also. Um, jobs in high school um, where I worked with um, adults and like youth with with special needs mm-hmm. and and so I think that like kind of helped me feel pretty open to it and I kind of said to my husband this one night like I don't know I feel like maybe we should look into this and I think initially he was like no that sounds really hard and scary and um, but then as we kind of like thought about it and met with some people um from this agency, um, we that there's there was an agency that we were kind of talking with. They, I guess, maybe not even an agency, but an organization um, called the National Down Syndrome Adoption Association, and they just help um, birth parents um, find good placements for their children if they have a child with Down syndrome that they um, want to place for adoption. Then they help kind of coordinate that. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, so we had talked to them and and kind of been talking to them. I think I think we just both started feeling like let's like let's let's explore this. Um, then they kind of pointed us in the direction of international adoptions, which is what we ended up doing. Um, so that organization we were, helps place children that are born with Down syndrome, uh, whether in the, they're in the United States or out of the country. Is that correct? No, no, oh. no. Actually, just in the United States. So. They, so, so in talking to them, they're like, they said, you know, you can put your, fill out a profile and, and put that in our pool of families. And so we were like, okay, we'll do that. But then in the meantime, they, they, um, they like, I think emailed me and said, Hey, there's an agency in Hong Kong that has some children available with Down syndrome. And, and would you like to look into that? It's a good adoption program. It would be, you know, it would, it would be great too. And so that's kind of how we we came to the international adoption um, thing. Yeah. I think um, it's so important as you talk 
you just kind of remind me how important it is to really pay attention to those gut instincts. I think whenever you have something that yeah. just is in your heart and on your mind and it doesn't leave you in a hot minute, you got to yeah. take action on that pay and really attention. pay attention because that's the path you're supposed to be on for whatever reason. Yeah, I think so too. And I think my challenge sometimes in life is when that path is hard, when I go for it and then it's hard, I'm like, wait, yeah, <laughs> wait. Why is this the right path? For some reason, (laughs) yeah, exactly. But I also think that it's hard to do those things that seem crazy. Like in that process of adopting our first, uh, our first son that we adopted, like I felt crazy all the time. I I was just so sure that everyone around was like, she's nuts. What's she doing? (laughs) Did you have people say things like that to you ever? Like, no, I don't think I did. I mean. I don't think anyone said that to my face, but you know how you just kind of think, I think I probably thought it because that's what I would have thought if like my neighbor was doing that, you know, before, before I was the one feeling like that was the right like thing for me. Right. I think I would have thought that's a crazy, that's a crazy choice. Like, wow. (laughs) And and so I think I just felt like really um, worried about what people thought. And, And that's hard to do something that you just like, I know this is right, but. For me, but well, and I think too, I mean, something uh, like adoption just in general, but then adopting a child with special needs, it's such a massive life changing decision that I would assume you really have to question yourself a lot and just make sure that this is what you want to do. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was a really scary decision to make, and I think that we just had, there there were just times along the way where it would kind of hit me like, wow, this really changes things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And um, I think initially, like right after we kind of had committed, like, yes, this is what we want to do. We want to pursue this adoption. I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, like this feels so scary and probably being the most scared that I've ever been in my life. But at the same time, feeling like this, I just, I just like have to do it. Like, I don't know. It just, yeah, it it was what you were meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And it was, it's been so good. I mean, it's been like, I'm so happy that we, we went down that path, but it definitely wasn't something that I ever thought like, Oh, we're so cut out for this or yeah, this is just the kind of thing that we should, you know, that we should, this is where we'll end up or whatever. So let's kind of dive into the process once you said, okay, we're going to go down this road and we want to adopt a special needs child from Hong Kong. What was that process like? So the process, so how we found, so my first, the first little boy we adopted is Simon and he, um, how we found him is, um, it sounds not it's not very magical <laughs> they sent us like three profiles of three little boys that were in an orphanage there and um they were all adorable and just I mean I it was hard to know you know but we kind of just tried to make our our best call and pray about it and we felt like okay let's let's this this let's you know say that we'll commit to adopting this little boy. So we didn't meet him until we went to, to adopt him. Um, How old was Simon? Simon was, so when we started the process, he had just turned two and we went in and traveled to get him when he was three and a half. So that was so a long a process. Year. 
and a half. Yeah, it was a long process. Um, and there was just, there's lots of paperwork, like, you know, I think that that's pretty common knowledge, but there's just tons of paperwork and kind of hoops to jump through. And I just remember filling out like, <laughs> filling out um, questionnaires kind of, that the the government in Hong Kong, you know, sent us all these forms to fill out and everything. And a lot of them like ask for pretty, pretty personal questions. And they mm-hmm. want to know like about your parenting style and your marriage and all of these things. And I just remember filling those out and thinking, really doubting myself. Like I like, ugh, I don't think I'm actually like, <laughs> like I don't think I can do this, you know, because it's hard to say, oh, I'm, I'm a wonderful parent. Sure. Because everyone has their self-doubt. I'm a normal parent. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so we did that, that whole process. And then I think so many times along the way, we had to kind of, kind of um, be there for each other, you know, saying like, no, no, we felt good about this. Let's do it. And um, let's be brave and do it. And then, um, we traveled to Hong Kong when, when the process was all finished and we left our other four kids at home. So it was just me and my husband. And so, okay. So we, we went to China and our travel there or to Hong Kong and our travel there was just one week long. So that's really short for an international adoption. Um, and the way they have it set up is that you go and you stay during the daytime in the childcare home or the orphanage for, um, I think the first two days and then you take him out on an outing on the third day and then you stay at the hotel with him on the fourth and fifth days or something like that. And so the really stressful part to me was being at the orphanage because when we met, so, okay. So meeting him was like this really special moment, like when you have a baby and you see them for the first time and, um, we just went, we were in the orphanage and we were sitting like in a little room on a couch and they, one of the nannies like brought him in to us and he was like so little <laughs> and he was so cute and he was wearing these like beautiful, like traditional Chinese clothes. And, um, he had, I think he had like a little picture that he had like done his handprints for us that he gave to us. And he was really scared and shy and he just sat on her lap and we just kind of tried to get him to warm up to us a little bit. But just seeing him, like I immediately just thought he was adorable and was so excited. You instantly um, felt some connection there. Yeah, I, yes, I, I think I did. But then we had a really hard time because my, um, so it, at the orphanage, they they had us like bathe him and put him to bed and do all these things. And it was kind of stressful because they were watching us and kind of telling us how to do it. And they've been taking good care of him. And I think they're watching these parents like, okay, are they going to take good care of him? You know? Mm-hmm. And so I just felt like that was tricky. And then he just did not want anything to do with me from oh. the very first moment. <laughs> Which had and to have been he, so heartbreaking and not the way so you hard. really anticipated yeah, it would be. Exactly. Oh. Like I was so ready to like love him and just like give him like, like give him everything and like how can be in our, like part of our family. And he was just, um, he was just really, um, he really preferred my husband the whole time we were in Hong Kong. It was really obvious even like in the orphanage, he was like pretty scared of me and just wanted my husband. 
And I was trying to be okay with it. Like we knew that that sometimes is how it goes. And, um, so, you know, I was, I was trying to be a good sport about it, but I think I started feeling really worried and less confident about, can I do this? Just because I felt like, like that was, um, didn't seem like a great start. Sure. (laughs) And, and, and it's actually, uh, something that, uh, so he has had attachment, um, issues like, and, um, and that was kind of the beginning signs of that. And he, and that's actually a really normal thing for children who spend, um, the first part of their lives in orphanages is or hospitals. He was in the hospital and then in an orphanage. And so I think, uh, that there's something like in their psyche that after changing caregivers so many times and just not having a permanent, um, loving relationship that babies normally get from, from the very beginning, Mm -hmm. um, it's harder for them to attach to a mother figure. Yeah. That makes um, sense. Because, yeah, because they don't want to be, you know, like abandoned again or like, Mm -hmm. like, they don't trust that. Yeah, they don't trust that. And so, so, so we had kind of heard, you know, things and read things that maybe prepared us a little bit for that, but it was a lot harder than I thought it would be to really experience that. Um, and I mean, Simon is the one in this story who really has the, not the way I planned it, you know? Yeah. Because all of a sudden (laughs) he's, you know, being taken to America with this family and I can't, imagine what he yeah. went through. Yeah, exactly. Like very traumatic. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, we, we brought him home and I think that's just actually a good thing to just maybe say about adoption is that, you know, adoption always is going to be something like there's just going to be people on all sides of that situation uh, every time that are feeling like this is not the way I planned it, you know? Yeah. There's and so many factors I, that you just can't anticipate or know what it's going to be right, like until you're there. Right. And I just think of even like his birth parents and the heartache that that must have been for them when he was born and they felt like they couldn't care for him. So, yeah. you know, so I think, I don't know. I think that's that you could look at it from like all of our perspectives and I'm probably the one who had it the easiest of everyone. Well, I think um, you do bring up a really good point in, you know, recognizing how difficult it must've been on Simon because as adults, I think we often focus on how hard it is for us as parents, but as a little child, he went through a lot. And I think it's really cool that you fully recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it was so important for me to, like, I struggled a lot in the beginning with him. And I think that was something that helped me a lot is if I could get to a place where I'm like, okay, you know, he's acting this way because he has no control over Mm -hmm. what has happened to him. And he's just like trying to cope. Then that helped me when I was in that mind frame, I did a lot better than when I was just like feeling kind of trapped and discouraged. Yeah. You you could understand the why, which I think helps in any situation. Exactly. And especially in parenting, I think that's so tricky to do and, and it's, but it's so helpful when you can do it. Yeah. So So you bring Simon home and what was it like adjusting in your family? Like what was it like introducing him to your other four children and how did they take to him? 
So, okay. So Simon is like a fireball. He is so, (laughs) he has so much energy and he's so cute and just, but he, he is very like social. Like he loves, um, he loves, um, that being like the attention and stuff of like being, you know, being with other people and being funny. And he just, he's really like the life of the party when he's, when he's in a good mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he, it was like cutest thing because we came home from Hong Kong and um, we came to the airport and my mom and dad and my husband's parents were there with our kids. And um, we came down the elevator and Simon, and he was really tiny. Like he, he was three and a half, but he was in probably like 18 month clothes. Like so he was kind of a little guy. And we, um, we came down the elevator and I was holding him and we had gotten to the point by that, by then that he would let me hold him. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to be the one holding him when we came home. <laughs> so I was holding him. We came down the elevator. You didn't want it to appear that all... he didn't like his mom and he took to his dad yeah. a little more. <laughs> exactly. That was hard for me. For so, sure. Uh, <laughs> so he, we came down the elevator and all of our kids like gathered around and we ended up just setting him down on the floor of the airport because he just like, they just all like wanted him so bad. And we just sat him down and they all sat around him and he just laughed and smiled at him and gave him high fives. And we have this cute picture of them all sitting there. And, um, and so honestly with my kids, it's my, with my older kids, um, and these two little boys, it has been like pretty smooth. Um, which is incredible. I mean, I, I think of my own two children And they, (laughs) I think just only having two, they want all of the attention. And so many times I think, oh, they could not handle it if there were more children because (laughs) it would take attention away from them. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and actually my youngest biological, like my, so the youngest child that we had at the time that we adopted Simon um, is actually younger than Simon. So she's six months younger. Oh, I didn't realize that. So Georgia's younger than Simon. Yeah. So Georgia's younger than Simon. So she struggled (laughs) and um and it was hard to watch like my baby and then my new baby and like how I mean it's so different from like bringing a newborn home because they're the same age and Mm -hmm. so and and then you know we'd go to the grocery store and and Simon's really cute and also like kind of stands out and so people would come up and say oh he's so cute and she would say I'm Georgia yeah (laughs) you know like I'm cute too pay attention to me Yes. So that was like tricky sometimes, but they, so I would say that that's probably the relationship that's been the trickiest, um, with my kids, mm-hmm. but, um, we got some good advice at the beginning from, I think our social worker said, you need to take her out alone on like dates for a while, just her and mom or her and dad so that she can adjust, you know, that's and great I think advice. that was a good, like, a yeah it helped at least a little bit and then just time I think helped but um but the other the oldest three have it's been pretty smooth I mean we we have there are times where um where they get frustrated with you know with their little brothers and stuff of course but so it's normal but it, it there hasn't been huge challenges and they were pretty little when we adopted and I think that was probably helpful. I think it would probably be harder now than it was then. Yeah. What were some of the challenges you have encountered with Simon having some special needs that you didn't really anticipate? So 
I think it's been a lot different than I was expecting with Simon. Um, the attachment uh, attachment troubles were probably the very hardest thing. Mm. Um, and those took a long, I mean, those are still, um, they're still there, you know, but it took a long time to get to kind of a place where I think we both feel um, like pretty safe and, and, and good, like me and Simon and, mm-hmm. and my husband and just all, it feels like it's working, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's a hard thing to explain that attachment stuff because I think other people, like I would try to explain it, how it feels. He, he didn't want to be held or touched or rocked or any of that. And, and, uh, and I knew that that was probably like, that that was a possibility. So all of this I had like read about or heard about, but it's so different. I think for me, it was so different, like living it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just remember when he first came home, he would have like these night terrors and I would go in to try to help him and he would just not want me there. And not, I mean, maybe that's kind of just normal night terrors, but like he wouldn't, he would never even let me like rock him to sleep or hold him on my lap to read him a book or. Oh, wow. That's, um, that's tough. Him. Yeah. Like at the beginning, he was very um, sensitive to that stuff. And, um, and so I, I remember at, in the f- first months, um, just going in his room after he'd fallen asleep and kind of like sitting by him and looking at him and trying to kind of like feel love for him. Like, honestly, I, it was really hard. I, I just felt kind of at the beginning, kind of like, wow, I don't really feel like I love him yet. And I don't, and I, that sounds horrible to say, cause he was this cute little three-year-old, but that's really how I felt. And I just felt kind of trapped and like, like, oh my goodness, like, what if this never gets better? Like, yeah, I think that's one of the scariest feelings as a parent. And I hate even talking about this out loud either, but I had the same type of issues with my daughter Jocelyn because she was so colicky as an infant. And I, I was so excited to have her and to have a daughter. And then when I felt like all she did was cry, 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 and I couldn't figure it out. I just didn't know why she was so upset all the time. It it was like, I'm not bonding with this child. And you do feel tremendous guilt as a parent when that happens. You're like, what is wrong with me? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm the parent. I should be able to make this okay. Yes. So yeah, that's, it's true. You feel so guilty and, um, to be, and then it's like this innocent child that you're thinking, you know, I, I don't feel connected with them. Like that. Yep. And I think so, it's scary thinking, I remember having thoughts like, am I ever going to totally bond yeah. with her? And, you know, uh-huh. I think in almost every situation you do, but there can be those yep. really challenging moments where it feels very disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a scary feeling, right? Like yep. And guilt and a guilty feeling. And those Super guilty. Combine, like fear and guilt, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. oh. but, um, I, and I think that, um, I think you're exactly right though, that it, it, it it probably almost always, I mean, I just don't think there's a way that you can continue to, to care for a child, uh, and not eventually, you know, make progress in that area because. Yeah. But I, I think, at like the, I me, think at the same time, a parent that does end up feeling that way for a moment in time, it's so important to not beat yourself up, you know, because those, yeah. those, 
challenging times that's if you normal. do have a, a child that's acting up all the time it's it's yeah. kind of natural to maybe feel that disconnect for a little bit I think that it, oh, you have yeah. to realize like you're not a bad parent and this will pass and you will develop that bond yes I think so too and just being patient I yep. wish if I could go back you know and like tell myself like just be patient with mm-hmm. yourself like give, yes like cut yourself some slack because I because like time really, you need time. And I think I just wasn't wanting to have it take time. Yeah. I was just, you know, I just wanted to make it okay, like right then. And, um, and so that was, yeah, that was really hard. But um, Simon has, so, so the attachment type stuff, I feel like um, was probably our trickiest time. And it took about a year, I think, before we were feeling like we were doing kind of liking where we were at, you know, right. as far as that goes. Right. Oh, I was just going to say he, he has, he does have a lot of like behavior, probably his biggest challenges are behavior challenges. And, um, I think a lot of those really are from this kind of beginning that he had of, um, of, of some neglect and, um, that, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. yeah that makes so. sense. How soon after you adopted Simon did you start thinking, let's do this again? <laughs> um, so right away we were like, we'll never do this again. <laughs> um, and uh, it was so it felt so hard. And then, and I think one more thing about just getting Simon, I did not do a good job of of um, of being open with other people about the hard time I was having. Yeah, And I think I learned a lot about that. I, I just felt like I was kind of like, you know what, we chose this and, you know, it, it didn't just happen to us. We like made this choice and I can't ask anyone for help because mm. like, I can't let this be a burden to anyone else besides us because it was our choice is kind of how I felt. Yeah. Did but you really needed help? Did you feel ever like if you reached out for help or people saw you struggling that they might judge you for making that decision like see we told you yes. you were crazy <laughs> yes exactly yeah. like they would be right kind of yeah and yeah and I think that was hard because it was like I wanted I I needed I probably just needed somebody to like talk to and tell all this to when it was happening but I wouldn't sure. because I was just like it, I have to like prove to them and myself that everything's okay and I'm fine you know and um when Simon was, so, okay, so about six months, I remember thinking, kind of coming out of this fog, kind of like when you have a newborn and you're like, oh, like life's like in a rhythm again. Like mm-hmm. I think I'm, you know, I'm like, and then at about a year, I was like, okay, I was feeling really good about my kind of bond with Simon. And, and I mean, there, I still had, prog- we still like ha- have come further than that, but I was at least just kind of feeling like, okay, this is heading in the right direction. And then um, I think at at a year, that's when we started thinking, we were just noticing with Simon, like some things like, um, well, there's a lot of things that went into this next adoption, but some of it was maybe the the thoughts of it kind of started with just noticing Simon and how how he was, um, our kids, our other, our older kids did a great job of, of being big brothers and sisters to him, but um, you know, he does stand out in our family and there's a lot of things because of his special needs that are harder for him 
to do than the other kids. And, and we actually had a, um, a couple of families we, were, we had become friends with by that point who had a biological child with Down syndrome and then had adopted a child with Down syndrome. And we just really noticed how in those families, um, they'd kind of traveled that path once already. And so doing it a second time was, um, it's always different, but it was like a little less scary. Like we already, we were always already committed to this kind of new normal with Simon. Mm-hmm. And then it felt like, you know, that wouldn't really change our normal as much as this, the first time. Right. Yeah, for sure. And so we started thinking like thinking about it and, I think that second time, it just really didn't feel very scary to me. Um, you know what you were in for a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it just felt like, let's, and I mean, I don't think we thought, let's adopt like five more kids. I I didn't think that. I really was like, let's do one more time, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm so, I'm so glad we did because these two little boys, like, so our second son that we adopted is Louie and they're just such good buddies and I don't know. I'm so glad they have each other. And and I think for, for them, that was, that was the right thing. Yeah. So. And I would imagine you saw in some of the families that you're friends with that had two children that had special needs that they did have a unique bond. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think it's funny because I didn't really expect Simon to understand, um, to understand really what was happening when we adopted Louie because he was so little. Um, but he totally gets that, that um, he gets as much as like, as much as he can, like more than I thought he would. He understands that their, that their, their stories, we talk about their stories. We have like little videos of their adoptions and books of, of their, uh, of some of their baby pictures that we have and things like that, that we look at a lot. And I think they both, as much as they can, they both like understand kind of their stories. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they understand that their stories are similar. Sure. And that's been really cool to see that. I think any of us find great comfort in not feeling alone. So if you have, I know I'm that way. If I have a challenge and I find someone else that has traveled a similar path, it's so comforting to me and super empowering that I can get through it if they can get through it or we can do this together. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really true. Yeah. Yeah. They're, and they're just cute. Like they're, they're, I feel really lucky that they are, um, that they're together because they're just really good for each other in a lot of ways and their personalities are very different. And so they kind of, um, help each other like through stuff. I feel like because Simon's really outgoing and, and kind of fiery and then Louie's like really kind of shyer and, um, and maybe needs like to get pushed sometimes to like come out of his shell, you know, and yeah. they're, just, they're just a cute pair. Talk about Louie's personal journey a little bit. So Louie, um, so Louie was, we, so Simon, we adopted from Hong Kong. And, and I, like I mentioned, we were kind of like afraid of doing the international adoption thing until we kind of got steered in that direction. But with Louie, we didn't feel very, scared of it and I kind of felt like we had done it before and so we um we were open to kind of different programs so we weren't just looking at Hong Kong and um Louis was actually we adopted him from 
China, from mainland China. And um, he, we don't know a lot about his his story before we got mm-hmm. him. Um, but I do know that he was, um, he was in, um, in his birth family's home um, for probably like six months and then was placed in, in an orphanage. And so I feel like he kind of had this, I feel like that six months made a difference for him. Like his, his attachment um, and that kind of thing happened a lot easier um, for him. And I think, I think some of it was because he had experienced that as an infant. And Simon that, had that never experienced bond. that then, Simon right? Simon had never, yeah. Okay. Simon was in a hospital for, Simon had heart surgery as an infant. And so he was in a hospital from birth until over a year old because I'm not sure why, but I think, I know he had some like infections and things and they just didn't feel like he would be safe anywhere else yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he, and so he was in a hospital for, for that long. And then he was in a childcare home after that. Right. And so I think that that made a difference um, in their development. It seemed Seems like that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, but but Louis. Um, so so me and my mom actually went traveled to get Louis, and we didn't feel like we could leave Simon um, for two weeks. And and so at that point, and so we um, had Taylor stay home, and then me and my mom went and got Louis, and um, it was like it kind of was like a you know how sometimes things do go the way you plan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It was like. It was just like, whoa, this could not have gone better. Like, it was such a fun trip together and really special. And um, for him, I think it was scary. And um, and he, and it took time to adjust, but it like went as well as something like that could go. So he and, attached um, to you quicker and. He did. Yeah, he did. And he's like, and it was just, it was just really different. Like each time was different. And it, and it's interesting because. Um, so, so Louis attached me quicker. He was a little bit younger than Simon and he felt he, he acted younger, um, and kind of like developmentally was probably like a little bit younger. And so I think I could, I could treat him more like a baby. It felt like, and he was okay with that. And that made it easier, I think for me and probably for him. Um, but, but I feel like and so, and so it, he just kind of like slipped into our family and felt like he just fit yeah. in. Yeah. And with Simon, it was like a, a lot of work, but I think with Simon, it feels, I feel so proud of like my relationship with him because I'm like, we've worked so hard for this, you know, exactly. whenever he like wants to give me a hug or something, I'm like, Oh, and you so cherish it that much more with each child. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. but yeah, they, they, Louis, when Louis came home, um, Simon immediately was like in love with him and just <laughs> so happy to be a big brother. And that's been really fun to see. Yeah. It had to have felt in your heart like this is, this was the right choice and just confirmation that, okay, our family yeah. is complete and this is how it's supposed to look. Yeah. Yeah. It totally, yeah, it did. And I, I mean, I think I still have moments where I'm like, where, it feels like um, where there's things that I was like, oh, I, I always pictured, you know, like going skiing with my kids or mm-hmm. like 
all going to church together or like these different things that just are too hard for us to do all together. Okay. And so there's, there's things like that that I think I still feel that I'll we'll always kind of feel have these things that come up that are like, oh, this is different from how we thought it would be. Um, this is like a different normal than, than we were maybe like picturing, but, um, but there's also a lot of, of things I would not want to trade, you know, yeah, um, yeah, with the way that our lives have gone. So what have you learned about having a child or children with Down syndrome through adopting Simon and Louie? Um, so I think, I think a lot about, um, about how they kind of teach me. I feel like, I feel like, um, so they're so different, like both of them, but I feel like they both just kind of have this ability to like love and forgive. Mm -hmm. And, and, and they've had to, like, I, we have not been like, perfectly patient of course like we I feel like especially Simon like we're just like trying to figure out you know how to be good parents to them and and especially when we first got Simon it was just like we just were very like new at it and um he just gives us chances and chances and chances you know yeah um and just loves us and um and they're I think it just creates like this feeling in our home of like almost like selflessness. Like I feel like my other kids, they're normal kids, but they get a chance to like be watching out for someone else almost, almost all the time, you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. And so I think it has, I wasn't expecting that, but I feel like Simon and Louie are like, give us like kind of this gift of like, it's not, it's not, it, it just like broadens their perspective, I think, and mine too, of, of people around us and of um, just maybe not focusing on yourself as much and realizing there's people who need you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like they've, they've really like, they've really learned that at an earlier age than I think I did because of having these brothers that yeah. they're uh, worried about and that they love, you know. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a tremendous blessing, you know? Yeah, it, it, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I was actually at a, um, like little neighborhood party and, um, somebody, one of my friends in my neighborhood said, um, one of my kids was just sitting at the top of the slide with this big blow outside with Simon and he was, Simon was scared to go down. And so my son was just sitting up with him, talking to him, trying to get him to, you know, get his courage up to go down the side and they were up there for a long time. Mm -hmm. And my neighbor was like, how do you teach your kids to be um, like kind? And they're not always kind. <laughs> that was a good moment. Where, right. Like, right. But I, I was like, you know what? I think it, I think Simon and Louie like helped them to be kind. And she was like, Oh, <laughs> kind of like, Oh, that's not worth <laughs> like, like we're probably not going to go down that route. Yeah. They, but but that won't be the answer family. in our family, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it, you know, so, but, but yeah, I do feel like that's a huge blessing. And I also feel like they're just fun. Like they're like light and like, just even on days that are hard, they just like bring this like energy and like, and like fun to life, mm -hmm. like 
just they're funny and they both like to be funny and they they just like to like laugh and have fun and um I don't know I think that our lives would be so much less exciting I know they would be less exciting without them and I think we all appreciate that like the the just kind of like the positive energy and the positive um like they they're just kind of yeah they each kind of have different gifts I guess but Simon is just kind of like happy when he's happy he's really really happy mm-hmm. and his smile is just like lights everything up and and Louie kind of has this like calm like kind of peaceful feeling where if I'm sad and he like comes and gives me a hug it just feels like his his like little soul like knows you know that I yeah. like needed that and so yeah. yeah so they definitely bring a ton to our family like way more than we give up for you know give for them but One thing that I've seen on social media that I really love about your family, I remember seeing a story. I think it was Simon was super upset and you were trying to calm him down and you just couldn't reach him. And then Uh one of your sons, and I can't remember if it was Max or Charlie, but one of them was able to distract him or calm him down in a way that you couldn't. And I thought that's so cool how they all, work together, you know, and sometimes it's, it's not you that can connect with him at that moment. Maybe it's one of your sons or whatever, you know? Yeah, that's so, yeah, that is exactly how it is. And they almost do a better job most of the time of (laughs) calming him down than I can. Like he just loves them and thinks they're the the best, you know? And so they can, they can kind of snap him out of those like meltdowns easier than I can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we do work together and we do, I also need help. Um, I think that's another thing that I, that I didn't like picture it being this way, but I, I can't do it on my own. Uh, yeah. I have like, I have, uh, like last summer I had somebody come in and every day and help in the afternoon so that we could, um, so that they could, so that our helper could bring like our big kids and take them places they needed to go or or we could leave the little boys with her and I could take the big kids somewhere or I could take the little boys, you know, we could just kind of like meet everybody's needs. And so I think that's something I've also realized is that we can't do church without help. Um, You know, there's things like that, that I feel like um, I I realized that I need to let other people help. And then it's actually a blessing in their life when they get to, to help and be with these boys. Yeah. And so I need to let that happen. Yeah, I think that's um, such a great space hard. to get into. I think it's really common for a lot of us. I know I struggle with asking for help and it it's usually attached to my pride because I just want yeah. to say, I can do this all on my own. And I feel like a failure if I ask for help, but it doesn't need to be that way. And we can get the job done so much more efficiently when we're willing to ask for help. And we just don't need to put that on us that we have to do all of it all of the time. You know, like you said, having someone help is a blessing to them as well. And everyone ends up benefiting in the end. Exactly. And I think Simon and Louis will, I think if I, if I like keep them to myself and don't let other people help, like then I'm not going to be letting them kind of like fill their purpose in life, you know, because I think they are meant to, 
to touch other people and they do. And so I need to let that happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think, I didn't mention this before, but I, I, I would also say like, um, for, for parents, uh, of children with special needs, um, or, or who go through an adoption like this of an older child, um, that I have found it really helpful to have a therapist. And I feel like I was in too deep of water after we got Simon to go and, and figure that out both, both to get outside help just in the home and to find a therapist. Like I was just, I just felt like I was surviving and I didn't even have like bandwidth Mm -hmm. to go and, and like find those, like find those resources and like get access to them. And so once we kind of like came out of that and with Louie, I made sure that before we got him, I had a therapist who I was going to, who, who actually helped me with Simon a lot later on, but, but, and that I had a plan for like help when we got him. And I think that was probably the biggest difference. Yeah. In such great the, advice. You know, in how well it went mm-hmm. <laughs> the second time. Was just that we had a plan and it was like, we can, um, we, we made the plan when we were in a place where we could, yeah. um, where we had the energy, you know, to like, to decide what resources we would maybe want to use. And then, so. Yeah. Well, Katie, I just, I look at you all the time and I just think you are literally an angel on this earth. I think you are the most incredible mother and I love your unique family. I love, I feel like they're just, that is how your family was supposed to turn out, even if that's not how you initially thought it would look. And it's interesting how, you know, something really challenging in our lives, like you finding out that you couldn't have kids was really the pathway to your family becoming complete. So thank you so much for just sharing your story and sharing your lessons. And I love you. And I think that your family is incredible. Oh, thank you so much, Carly. That's really sweet of you. And this has been really fun. So thanks. Thank you for joining this edition of Not The Way I Planned. If you like what you heard, you can find more at notthewayiplanned.com as well as Not The Way I Planned on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.